Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. This is Jessica Dillon with Tap and Degrader Olean's weekly podcast. Today I have with me Congressman Charlie Malonson, a Democrat from Louisiana, and Congressman Steve Koykendall, a Republican from California. Thank you for taking your time to speak with me today. Our pleasure to be here. Yep. Like it. The congressmen are here as ambassadors for St. Bonaventure University's Congress to Campus program, which brings two former members of Congress, one Republican and one Democrat, to college campuses to encourage careers in public service and to foster greater civility and bipartisanship in American politics. I was wondering if you could each provide a picture of how you came to be involved with the program and why you believe in its mission. Steve? Uh, I was defeated for my reelection and was soon to be a former member of Congress, and I signed up to join the Association of Former Members of Congress. They have several programs they participate in, this being one of the larger ones, and uh, others that have other activities. And I tried a couple. I did one of the international programs, and then I got a chance to go visit a college. I said, well, I'll do this. And my first stop, uh, I tried one out, and I went to uh, Emory University down in Atlanta, Georgia, and just had an exceptionally good time and found myself enjoying very much the process. And so I just made it a point then, and uh, now it's just kind of a regular thing. I make it a point that every year I try to do a couple of these if I can, and you know, we're a volunteer for our time. Uh, you, you all are generous enough between the schools and Stennis Foundation and the association's uh, funding sources to take, sure, to take the travel costs off our back. But uh, uh, I look forward to the time I get to spend. And quite frankly, not being in politics as an elected official today, this gives me one of those really direct face-to-face touches with what would be constituents otherwise. Yeah, we, we look at it, uh, this is Charlie Melanson, uh, kind of, I guess, maybe an expression or continuation of public service. Um, as a former member of Congress, through the association of former members, uh, it allows us to continue to be involved in some way, shape, or form um, maybe not directly making policy, but helping the younger generation, the next generation, to understand how policy can and should be made, uh, what's not necessarily uh, the best way, but getting, giving a right and a left or a Republican and a Democrat view of our thoughts and our thought processes. And one of the good things is, for instance, like Steve and I here, is we tend to agree on more than we disagree on. And if we continue having conversations, um, then we can maybe resolve issues should they come up. Uh, we hope that that will happen with the Congress, with state legislative bodies, uh, and part of what we're talking about on this trip is the reapportionment reform process, which has already gone on, uh, begun in California, Iowa, and maybe several other states, and which we believe may help this situation of partisanship and try and bring it back to where there's moderation and participation and compromise in government. So do you think among the younger generation especially, when they've had so little experience with nonpartisan media coverage, do you think that that's a common misconception that generally Republicans and Democrats disagree on everything rather than things that, like you said, you tend to agree on most things but just have slight differences? Well, what you see in the media is the disagreement. 
Um, if you've got an unbiased media, one that is a fair media, which is normally your, your local, not your local, but your, your national, international media, they're going to try and give you both sides of the story. You may not like it either way, but when you get into the social media realm these days, um, obviously a lot of it is biased. And so what are, we, what, what are you getting in news and what are you getting in information? And is it good information or is it partially good information? So I, I think what we both would like to see as former members is that the information stream uh, be less biased, more factual, and as accurate as possible. One, one of the things that uh, I think we try to raise the awareness in the case of students and in many cases the adults too that we interact with, uh, whether it be staff or faculty at the schools we're at, is the environment today is different than it was 15 or 20 years ago and it puts a great deal more responsibility on the person who is the consumer of news, meaning the student or the other individual, to be more rigorous in their sifting through and their figuring out what are reliable sources, what are sources that I could use to compare viewpoints with legitimate sources as opposed to a uh, perhaps just somebody sitting down deciding I'm going to write it and call it news um, rather than being a little more analytical or a little more uh, discre discretionary in the way in which they write the subject. And that's one of the things that I think Charlie and I have mentioned this uh, practically in every class or in every contact we've had. At some point or another, the topics come up and we've said, you know, we're really hoping people, it's a, it's a new responsibility. You have to learn how to sort through this just flood of material coming at you and kind of figure out what's important and what's not. Are you concerned with this new coverage and this new responsibility? Uh, to some extent I am, but I think part of it is, I mean, I'm glad I'm not having to learn it right now. I mean, if I'm a 20-year-old trying to figure out how to sort through 100 different channels of information flowing at me, well, you've grown up with 100 different channels of information flowing at you. I'm still learning how to deal with more than three news stations at night on TV and the BBC to throw in for an extra. <laughs> so Steve, Steve and I still like to get our, our newspapers every morning. And read right here. Um, I mean, I've got the paper version. We, I read it. We, we get the old version, the TV stuff that comes across, uh, not the alternate facts and not the, 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 the news the way one would want you to get the news, but the news as it really is. Um, I, I have one blog that I read. Now, of course, it's it's published by the United States Naval Institute, and, and every day they come out with the most important topic coming before the military services, and sometimes it's a reprint of a document from Congress. So you can see I really stray a long ways off of the <laughs> beaten path for my data. So although you guys don't get your news from these new media sites, are you involved with them at all? Do you have Facebook accounts or Twitters? I have a Facebook account. I've never Twittered. I don't Facebook a lot other than with my kids and my friends. Uh, normally what I've adapted as a policy is I don't accept a Facebook uh, friend unless it is a person I personally know. And I get a request, I don't know about Steve, I guess having been in public life, somebody sees I'm a friend of somebody else. Um, I, when my daughter got married, the rule of thumb for her wedding was we were not inviting anybody that we had to introduce to her. If they, she didn't know them, they weren't on the invite list. So I kind of have taken that a step further uh, in my Facebook account. If I don't know you, even though you're a friend of a friend, mm -hmm. um, this is Facebook. This is for friends, and that sometimes can get hairy. I don't, uh, very similar with Charlie on that. I, I have a Facebook account. My wife does not, and 
every now and then I have to tell her, I said, sweetheart, there's some great pictures of the kids on there. You know, you'd really <laughs> like to see this one. And so I bring her over and let her look at my Facebook account. And I've got, I'm sure I've got more people on there that, that uh, and some of them probably shouldn't be, but over the years I've had one for a long time. So it's, uh, I mean, people would look at mine and say, oh, i got a lot of friends. Well, I mean, some of them are, I mean, most of those folks I know, I may not know them as well as others. Um, and then you think that, I mean, I'm on a podcast. My gosh, how many years ago would we wouldn't have been on a podcast? I mean, this is... This is so a, what is this, actually? <laughs> it, looks, it just looks like magic to me. I'm sitting here in a room, and there's nothing happening. This is actually the first podcast I've done as well. Oh, so, good. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so do you guys think that there's a stigma that exists among your generations, maybe that news that comes from these new media sites is less reputable than the traditional newspaper? Um, Steve has an, analyzed that uh, people seem to have a tendency to um, gravitate towards those those um, news media sources that confirm what you think is real. Um, I still try and listen to the different sources of news, and uh, we were talking about it last night when Al Jazeera uh, England and uh, Al Jazeera American, US was there. American, um, it gave a, a, a different version of what you heard on national news uh, uh, broadcast in the U.S., um, and then it went away. So I guess the closest to it that I find is British Broadcasting yeah, I, Corporation. I, you know, I use BBC. Uh, I mean, I, I watch BBC U.S. or BBC World News pretty and regularly. And we'll go on, my wife and I will go online and, and look at the real Al Jazeera site uh, that's still over there. Um, and it's a matter of trying to listen to what everybody's saying rather than okay, this guy, I'm in his comfort zone, that's all I'm going to listen to from now. No. I, uh, you know, I, um, I still gravitate towards a handful of sources, and the difference I try, where I find myself is I try to sort, I mean, I could read it online. If it's published by the New York Times or it's published by the Wall Street Journal, it's not uncommon at all to have a, a, a newspaper of national import put things online anymore. That's pretty common. And so it's not unusual for me to read other news online. Uh, you would find me hard pressed to say that I've ever gone to. I mean, I don't. I don't know where Breitbart News is. I don't know where a lot. Of, I don't know where a lot of these smaller uh, podcast Logs. newscasts are. Uh, and I don't bother looking for them because I've managed to get enough information between daily newspapers and daily uh, interaction from from what I consider to be major national and international reputable sources. And I still like to find out what, whether the high school won or not. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of what we're doing with Tap Integrated Olean actually is making sure we emphasize on the local, local news um, and a lot of like we reach out to the high schools and things. Good. Um, so that's been a fun experience for me. But I was wondering if you had any advice for like maybe lesser known um, companies like Tap Integrated Olean. How can we make ourselves stand out so that you see that we are reputable, even though we might not have the New York Times title? One thing I can say is just be honest. Present as, 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 as unbiased a, a story as you can. Uh, as people that were in public office, uh, I may not have liked the quote that was selected. It may have been taken out of context, but at least the, the, the story, 90% or better of the time, that in, in a legitimate uh, news source, was trying to give you a look at both sides of the issue that was presented. Um, 
a lot of these things, uh, these sources now don't even come close to that. I, I mean, to me, that <clears throat> the objectivity in, in which you actually deal with your podcasts or your written work is paramount. And <clears throat> the, the second tier to that is the fact that you are sponsored by a legitimate organization. You know, you're, you're part of, you know, say Bonaventure University or you're part of Olean City Government or whatever. Uh, that in and of itself, coming under that kind of sponsorship, helps weed out what is not going to necessarily be a, 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 a good source. Yeah, you, you, I wouldn't suspect that anybody associated here would get on and say something that's false intentionally. Uh, might want, be a sloppy article, but it wouldn't necessarily yeah. be f fake news. Yeah. And so what is the name of the, uh, the local high school and their mascot? Uh, we have uh, OEN Central High School and it's the Huskies. Okay, so we have the Huskies and the Bonnies in town. Mm -hmm. Cool. Bonnies. Okay. So we are coming close to the end of our time here. I saw that you once owned and operated Baskin Robbins. I was the slimmest I ever was. <laughs> I was wondering if you guys would care to share your favorite ice cream treats. Well, uh, I once made, they used to have a dessert that was about 15 scoops. And I'd never seen anybody make it or eat it, so I did one one night in my store and gave it away to a bunch of kids that came in. That was years ago. My favorite flavor is Rocky Road to this day. And, and I, I have two favorites. One is uh, mint chocolate chip, and the second one, which is a very close second, and I, and I don't mind if they don't have mint chocolate chip, I will take the one that's... Uh, uh, you know, pecan pralines. Pralines and cream. Pe pralines and cream. That's a, that was got the, a little pecan. Did back I in those days, that was the best seller. I, that, That's still my favorite. Yeah. Well, I was the slimmest that I ever was <laughs> when I owned those stores. Uh, as I tell people, because I put myself on a carbohydrate diet, um, I, my breakfast was a chocolate um, scoop. Uh, well, it was a Rocky Road soda uh, every morning. Very nice. My favorite flavor is actually mint chocolate chip as well. Cool. And I like Rocky Road. Well, you know, vanilla <laughs> vanilla is actually the best seller. Yep. I and do it, not like Well, most people don't look at it as a flavor. It's just vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, you put I, all that other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate you guys taking the time to be with me here today. Um, and thank you for discussing your experiences with the Congress to Campus program. Um, I would like to thank everyone listening for tuning in to Tap into Greater Olean's weekly podcast. And I wish everyone a great week and hope you can join us again. This is Jessica Dillon signing off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.